I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, I'm Murli Krishnan from Hindustan Times. I've been reporting from the court for the past seven years. Happy 70th Supreme Court is a 13-episode series about the court and its history. In the last episode, I told you about how a Supreme Court judgment had exposed the parochial mindset of judges. It had sparked women's rights movement in India and had led to major changes in criminal law relating to rape. However, all that did not bring any overnight change. But there was indeed a marked shift in the court's attitude for the better. In this episode, I will speak about how the Supreme Court attempted to proactively protect rights of women in the later years. I will discuss two cases in this regard. First, the 1997 case of Vishakha v. State of Rajasthan, a classic example of judicial activism to fill in the void left by executive inaction. Second is the well-known Shabarimala judgment rendered more than two decades later in 2018. In this case, the court struck down executive regulations which had prohibited entry of menstruating women into the temple in Kerala. First, Vishakha versus State of Rajasthan. This was a case which stemmed from a brutal gang rape of a social worker in a village of Rajasthan. The incident revealed the hazards which women employees faced at workplace. Certain social activists and NGOs moved the top court, pointing out the lack of a law in India to deal with sexual harassment at workplace. The Supreme Court took serious note of the same and laid down guidelines to address this issue. While doing so, it was fully conscious that it was stepping into the shoes of the parliament. However, the court went ahead and did the job of the parliament. It said that it had an obligation under the constitution to protect fundamental rights of people. It therefore laid down guidelines to combat the menace of sexual harassment at workplace. These guidelines deal with various aspects. It defined what will constitute sexual harassment at workplace. It also cast a duty on the employer to prevent or deter commission of acts of sexual harassment. Most importantly, employers were directed to initiate criminal action by filing complaints in case of sexual harassment at workplace. Moreover, it also mandated that every employer should provide an appropriate complaint mechanism within the organization to deal with complaints of sexual harassment. The judgment said that such complaint mechanism should ensure time-bound treatment of complaints. The guidelines laid down by our dear friend was what governed the field for the next 16 years. The parliament finally woke up in 2013 to enact a law in this regard, the Sexual Harassment of Women at Workplace Prevention, Prohibition and Redressal Act. The Vishakha was a state of Rajasthan judgment was a significant one as far as judicial activism was concerned. It served as an example or a precedent in legal terms for the court to interfere whenever instances came before it in which the government had failed to enact laws. Now let me move on to the second case, the Shabarimala judgment. This case was a public interest litigation filed by an NGO, Indian Young Lawyers Association, in 2006. Later, some Hindu women also moved the top court. Now, what was their demand? They wanted to strike down the practice of denying entry to women between the age of 10 and 50 years into the Shabarimala temple. Now, you might be aware the Shabrimala Temple is located in the Patanamthitta district of Kerala. 
it has lord ayappa as its presiding deity the basis for denying entry to women between 10 and 50 years is that the presiding deity has vote celibacy thus devotees coming to the temple should observe a 41 day vritham that is strict penance and adherence to various other customs during this period now the claim was that menstruating women cannot observe this 41 day vritham due to physiological reasons because their menstrual cycle would eventually fall within the 41 day period it is a custom among hindus that women do not go to temple or participate in religious activities during periods thus women in the age bracket of 10 to 50 were barred from entering the temple now shabrimala temple is a government owned temple hence any basis to exclude any class of people should have the backing of a law and in this case that law was rule 3b of the kerala places of public worship authorization of entry rules 1965 now what did our petitioners do they challenged this rule that is rule 3b the matter was heard by a five judge constitution bench of the supreme court and on september 28 2018 the court struck down this rule the rule was held to be violative of the right of hindu women under article 25 of the constitution to practice their religion the judgment created a furor in kerala and political parties tried to cash in the bjp opposed the verdict claiming that it was part of the larger conspiracy to wreak havoc on hindu customs the ruling cpim government in kerala welcomed the verdict and tried to implement the judgment by facilitating women's entry to the temple this led to violence in the state and eventually the government had to give in further the cpim faced electoral backlashes in the 2019 general elections it lost 19 out of the 20 seats to lok sabha after that the state government has not taken any proactive steps to implement the judgment importantly at least 60 review petitions were filed in the supreme court against the 2018 judgment these review petitions will be decided only after nine judge bench of the supreme court first settles certain larger legal questions surrounding similar practices in other religions for example entry of muslim women in mosques entry of parsi women who are married to non parsi men in fire temple and the practice of female genital mutilation prevalent among the davudi bora community the issue in all these cases is whether religious freedom trumps constitutional mandate or vice versa if you wish for me to discuss any of supreme court's ruling tweet to me at legal journalist you can also show your love for this podcast by liking sharing and following us on ht smartcast we are ever present on facebook instagram and twitter for more such interesting podcasts log on to htsmartcast.com Until next time this is Murli signing off This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast HD Smartcast I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series Raising April It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best from Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Bosa, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.